Okay. Oh, back at it. Scuttlebutt podcast with the new graphic with Ma. Hi, Ma. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty good. Feeling pretty groovy. I thought um, for this episode, um, we would go on the subreddit called Am I the Asshole? And we can talk, see what the situation is and determine what we think if they are the asshole or not. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Okay. So, let's see what we got. Okay. So, the... The uh, subject line is, am I the asshole for not allowing a woman to go into my backyard because I'm living in her childhood home? I was home alone and my fiancé was at work. We live in a nice home in a very safe part of town. It was 1 p.m. and I was doing the dishes when all of a sudden the doorbell rang. I went to check the people and it was a woman and a man I didn't recognize. I opened the door and asked them if they needed help. The woman introduced herself as Lacey, and the man was her fiancé, Todd. Lacey told me that she lived in the house when she was a little girl. She wanted to look at my backyard, since that's where she had her fondest memories. I told her no, and it visibly upset her. Her fiancé said it would only take three minutes, but I told him I didn't know them and I was uncomfortable. Lacey told me I knew kindness was rare these days and left. Am I the asshole? Oh, that's a tough one. I wouldn't say he was an asshole. But maybe overly cautious. I mean, maybe Lacey could have given more Oh, there's actually... Information. He added, they added more information. He said, yikes, just ask my neighbor who lived in her home for decades if someone named Lacey lived next to her. She said that the previous owners, who she knew fairly well and who themselves lived in the house for a very long time, were childless and weren't close to their families. She never saw a little girl or ever heard the name Lacey. Ooh. So I think they were trying to do something. Scammers. Like... I understand, like, you want to see your childhood home, but they were home alone, and you don't know these people. It's not like, you know, in some situations when you buy a house, sometimes you know the previous owner, you're handing everything off, you're talking about... Sometimes it's not, but I feel like some situations when you're buying a house, you kind of know the pre... Not like friend-wise, but you're aware who it was. Absolutely. So, I feel like if that was a situation, and they knew them already... And you just, like, were in town again. And you were familiar, but they weren't. And then it turns out that there was never a Lacey to ever live there. I don't think that's an asshole move for him to say no. Or her. That is a really weird story. Yeah. I mean, at first I was thinking... You could be locked up in the house and not let them in. They could be in the backyard safely for three minutes. But why did they only want the backyard? The whole thing is weird. Yeah, but I feel like you can still do so much in the backyard. Like, you can put in cameras, you can... Maybe you're disposing of evidence of something. Who knows, these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, vampires need to be invited in. Exactly, Mom. So Exactly. I would say, no, he was being cautious, reasonably cautious. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Good on him. 
Yeah. I would say Lacey and Todd are the assholes. I agree. All right. Let's read. Okay. Am I the asshole for kicking my in-laws out of our house? This is a little bit long, but let's get through it. I kicked my in-laws out of our house this weekend, and I want to question forward as to whether or not I am an asshole in the situation. My wife had twins on October 9th. Even though we knew twins would may come early, it was before her due date, everything happened so quickly, and she did have an epidural. But she came through like a champ, and everyone was okay. Because of COVID-19 protocols at the hospital, my wife and babies got sent home fairly quickly, and all were healthy. My wife's family lives in another state. When we got home from the hospital with her mom, her mom, dad, and sister showed up right after we got home. They flew out after we told them about the birth. We didn't have any heads up, but her mom said that they wanted to help. Her mom said that they were planning on coming closer to the due date, but to be here for the birth, but the babies were early. I have kicked them all out after realizing it wasn't working. Her mom and sister's version of helping was to monopolize the babies. They complained if my wife took them to feed or to hold or want them to sleep in their their bedroom instead of the nursery. If the babies were sleeping, they woke them up so they could hold them. That's a big no-no. <laughs> my father-in-law just watched TV all day. They ate our food without replacing it, made meals for themselves but not for us, did not put away their dishes, and put their own laundry with ours and didn't do any. Mother and sister complained that we wouldn't take pictures to post on Instagram. They are loud when my wife is trying to get rest. Her parents asked my wife to make them food because they were holding the babies. Normally, my wife is good with boundaries in her family. There was a reason she had moved 1,200 miles away and hasn't been back to visit them in 10 years. And why her invites to visit us and emails from, to them are rare. But I could see how exhausted she was. They were upsetting her and making more work. I, so I told them to leave and that they said they, said they weren't able to stay here. Oh, they, I said that they don't were unable to stay here, visit for the future because we have so much on our plate. They accused me of playing favorites because I didn't say the name, say, didn't say the same for my family. But one, no one from my family came over until we invited them. Two, my relatives don't stay long and leave on their own when they see my wife or the babies need bonding, sleep, or quiet. Three, they don't make a mess or take over the house. Four, they are bringing us meals or and doing chores without interfering. Like, my aunt came and did our laundry last night while we were sleeping, and we had no idea until the next day. Aww. Cute. I would throw my own family out if they acted like my in-laws. My in-laws apparently didn't buy return tickets because they had planned to stay for a long time. I've blocked their numbers and emails because they were leaving us angry messages. Normally, I'd, I'd let my wife handle this right now, but she doesn't need the stress and she hasn't objected. She is more rested and she says she feels better and that's all I want. And our ages are relevant, I guess. He said that his wife and um, him are 28. And the mother-in-law is 49, the father-in-law is 54, and the sister-in-law is 29. I think 
that whole family. He the the father, the new father, is not an asshole by any means. He's doing what he has to do for his he baby is and his wife. So not an asshole. He is a man to be celebrated. Yeah, because it wasn't for him. He I do believe he was acting in protection for his family. Absolutely. And I would like to believe he would have done the same if it was his own family. Of course. Um, And, you know, one child, like, it's a time, it's a special time for bonding with the family, but it's a time when extended family should be, like, the aunted with the laundry and helping healing and um, supporting yeah. The newborns and mom and dad. And they, like, they the, made more work. So. Exactly. Like the whole thing where it's like it takes a village to help raise a child. Right? That's one of the things they say. Yeah, no. I, I, let, me, I, let me just... I'm not going to take that for what it is. But like how his family is coming in when it's... They, their time to see the baby. But leaving when it's time. Or helping when it brings them food. Doing their laundry. Like any which way they can. But his in-laws or his wife's parents and sister the fact that they asked this new mother who's still recovering from having twins to cook them food because they were holding her babies that they probably woke up just to hold well the the piece of mixing in their laundry with theirs like not only did they were they not doing no i don't i i think I don't want to lose the gift of this young, budding, beautiful family. Yeah. And this man, it's not a village. He was prioritizing as a man, taking care of his wife and kids. Of course. An extended family. Yeah. To support. I mean, people hire a doula. Could you imagine somebody you hire doing something like that? Oh, my gosh. Um, I know how, like, people can feel like an asshole for, like, no, you have to leave. Like, especially when it's family, it's never a good feeling to, like, kick someone out. But I feel like in this case, it was the right thing to do. They were overstepping their bounds in so many areas. Well, he took a lot of pressure off his wife. He owned it. Like, if they have a problem, they could be mad at me. Like, I'm doing it to protect you and the kids. And he owned it. And that's what I liked about it. Um... And they could work on their relationship and set boundaries in the future. Of course, but, but I think it's also a red flag that, like, she moved away from her family and, like, didn't have an interest in really seeing them. They said that she, she hadn't seen them or, like, really talked to them in 10 years. Like, that's... Interesting. It's interesting that they flew out. I mean, it's great, that she, like, to be there. Well, he said that she normally is able to set boundaries for him, for herself. Yeah. But, and I, you know, good on her, but... It's okay for your man to step up. Yeah. And def- defend you and your kids that way. Um, it's his household under his roof. Mm-hmm. And that's his rule. And he wasn't doing it to be mean. He was doing it to protect his own. And I respect that. And no, he's far from an asshole. He's a, I agree. He's a man to be celebrated. Like more men like that. Yeah, I think that's fabulous. Yeah. Are you ready for the next one? Sure, bring it on. Am I the asshole for blow drying my hair at ten thirty at night, ten thirty p.m. once when my neighbors have had a baby? I guess the question on social etiquette here. I am twenty-seven years old, female, and childless. I live in a terraced house where we can hear some loud noises from our neighbors. Both what sides. kind of house? A terraced. 
Terrace. Terrace. Like it has a terrace outside. Yeah. Okay. Not terrorist. I thought you said terrorist house. No. I'm like, what's that? T E R R A C E D. We could hear some loud noises from our neighbors both sides, but nothing to complain when you live in a in that type of housing. It's the same thing with apartments. Like if you're gonna buy an apartment or not buy, but rent, rent yeah. an apartment, there's gonna be noise that comes involved. Right. So you can't really complain unless it's like excessive. When it comes like they were drilling the floor at my last apartment. One side of okay, anyway. One side of neighbors had a baby around six months ago. The baby's bedroom shares a wall with our bedroom, and yes, the crying is irritating and can keep us up, but we never complain. One night, I washed and then dried my hair at 10.30 at night. I rarely dry my hair with a dryer at all, and would usually do this much earlier, but that day I needed my hair ready to go early the next morning, and I was running late. I genuinely can't think of another time I've done this past 9 p.m., and I would truly always try to not do it in the future. After I did this, the neighbor came around, came and said, I woke the baby, and when they were trying to get them to sleep for ages, I could not blow my dry my hair at that time in the future, please. I said no. I very rarely do that kind of thing, and I feel like I'm entitled to do that occasionally. Plus, their baby is loud every day. She said that she completely disagrees, that I was, what I did was optional, and her baby crying was not. She said that it is a social etiquette around new parents, and as soon as I was a mother, I'd understand. She asked me to grow some uh, compassion and then left. All right. I don't think she's the asshole for blow-drying her hair. I think the mother is an asshole. I don't understand why some mothers are so entitled about being a mother. It's, well, I'm a new mom, so you don't know what it's like not having enough sleep. It's like, okay, I haven't, I've gotten three hours of sleep. Yeah, I didn't have a crying baby in my arms, but I still didn't get any sleep. It's the, like, I don't like when I see parents being like, I have a lot on my plate, and you don't know what it's like. It's like, okay, I know what it's like to be in a stressful situation. Don't diminish what my stress is compared to yours. All right, so I'm seeing it a little bit different. Oh, you think that the blow dryer is an asshole? I don't. I don't think either one is. I think potentially. I mean... I'm curious to know moving forward, but to me, the hardest part of motherhood early on was the sleep deprivation. Yes. And you kind of touched on that. However, she probably was... I'm not making excuses. Taking it out on her. I think, let's say she was was having a really bad day. Maybe the next day or the day before, she could have overlooked the blow drying. If I was the person who blow dried my hair... Just chalk it up to, oh, you know what? You look like you need a hug, lady. You look like you're happy, like you're exhausted. And not that, it's not a pass, but like if it, if there was a a continued pattern. I feel like in my opinion, the person who has the blow dryer and the person who has the baby, they live in two different homes. They have their own private spaces. It is unfortunate that you can hear between the wall. You can hear the baby crying. They can hear the blow dryer. However, if you're in your home, you you can't always tiptoe around just for your neighbor. It's great to be considerate. It's proper and it's etiquette when you live in an apartment not to always make noise. But you have to live. You have to blow dry your hair. You know, when I have to blow dry my hair, I try and make sure it's at a time where everyone's awake or not going to sleep. 
Right. I mean, as a one-off, like, I could see the young girl being like, you know, this woman can't control her baby crying. So she, as much as it might be annoying to her, she overlooks it because she knows this. I'm sure that mother is doing all that she can to make that baby stop crying. Of course. But the mother, let's give her a chance. But it was to one ask- to, to complain the first time she blows dries her. She didn't have, potentially, didn't have the capacity to say, oh, this finally got the baby to sleep and this one's blow drying her hair and it's going to wake my baby up and she's complaining. She didn't say, Oh, she listens to my baby cry every night. I can give her a pass. Which, let's just say, maybe she was having a really bad day. And I wouldn't call either one of these people an asshole. But if the person with the baby... Look, I had a baby that cried from 7 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning. Every single day screaming for like two months. Yeah, that was you. (laughs) Um, I felt terrible for my neighbors. Yeah. You know, and my nerves were shot, and I had a. I remember having a blow up fight with dad about it. Yeah, I just I. Well, I know that happens, but for her to ask this neighbor to to not do it, I feel like you can't ask someone not. To what do are you going to do about home. it? It's not. It's your neighbor. It's not worth having a. Bl- I would if I was the girl who blow dry her hair. I would say, no, you're not an asshole. Now. If you have to, if you get a complaint from this person because you have to vacuum at six o'clock or whatever, if this becomes a pattern, then it's a deeper issue. Let's just say this is a one-off because this woman is just, yeah, she just was, whatever. Let's let's chalk it up to having someone having a bad day. I don't think either one of them potentially. I think we need to cut each other some slack. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the mother. But the baby didn't do that for the girl with the blow dryer. Yeah. But I think maybe, you know, potentially it would have been nice if she was able to. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, Grammy would talk about, like, some of her, she would take her broomstick and, but it was, she was patient for a few weeks. Yeah. And the woman was rocking the cradle and she could hear, I mean, when I lived in an apartment, I lived in two apartments. So the first one, I was the top. It was just two floors. I was the top floor, and I had a bottom neighbor. And for the most part, it was pretty good. But then during the pandemic, since we're only indoors, they decided to amp up their entertainment unit. So they got, like, a subwoofer. They got new speakers. And I was like... Uh-uh. So, but I was okay with it because I wasn't out that much. And if I was... I was able to put on headphones. It's something that, like, right. was fine. But it got to a point where the vibration was coming up the wall. And it's something that I can't control. But I didn't really want to confront them because it was, like, it's we're, we're inside. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else we can do right now. It was, like, the beginning of the pandemic. And in my second apartment, I'm on the first floor. And I have an upstairs neighbor. And I know I called you, like, so frustrated because it literally sounded like there was construction. I heard it. And it happened, like, two or three times. But, and, like, it got to a point where it was, like, I have to call the front desk. It was, like, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, and I called um, the next day because it was happening again. And they call, I called them. They are like, okay, let me check the 
let me call just to see if there's any construction. It doesn't seem like there is any, but let me call to see what's going on. And then she calls me back, and then, and she hears it in the background. She knows I'm not just making it up. She hears, like, that's the noise. I'm like, yeah, this is what's going on. And she goes, this is really weird. I called the people next to you on both sides, and I called the people above you. And nobody, two people aren't home, and one of them has just been in her desk, like, sitting at her desk. So we have no idea where the noise was coming from. Oh, that's creepy. Right? But it was, like, a new building. So it was, like, so I was just, like, okay. And I think it only happened, like, one or two other times. Otherwise, it was, like, once again, when it came to COVID, like, people are going to be working out in their homes. So when it comes to them jumping around or doing a workout, I can't really hold it against them. That's what I get for renting an apartment. Like, that's what comes with apartments. Sure. So I don't really mind it. But I think, like... You have to give some people some slack. Like, you live in an apartment. I understand that you have a new baby that's waking up and crying, but people also need to live. Extend the same courtesy. I think that, like, if it was a common occurrence, being like, hey, I know you do this. Is there any possibility that you could do it earlier in the day? Um, or like a few hours earlier or whatever, if it was a consistent thing. But she said she hardly ever does it, and it was that one time. Right. So, but I think in that aspect to ask, like, can you not? It's like, what? You can't ask me that. But I feel like if it's a point where it's like, hey, I noticed this pattern. It really messes up with my baby's schedule. Can we please work something out? I agree. I feel like that's more, like, right. more cur- wait, courteous. Wait for it to be a few times. Well, yeah. on this subject, I remember when we first got married. Yeah. Actually, it was our second apartment. And Dad's like, I could tell you never lived in apartments. I'm like, why? He's like, how you walk? Yeah. He's like, you walk on the balls of your feet. He's yeah. like, you don't realize how much noise you make when you walk. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, my first apartment since I was on the top floor, I'd always, like, toe-walk. Yeah. Which I feel like, as I got older, I surprisingly toe-walk more now for some reason. Do you? I didn't notice. Lately. I don't know. It wasn't me as a kid. Maybe it was just being in an apartment. Maybe. But then my second apartment, since right below me was the garage, I was like, I can... Not that I'm a heavy walker, but I was able to not feel like I have people below me. Right. But I had people above me, so when it came to, like, music or whatever, or my neighbors on the side, like, being more, when it came to noise. So, that's what I try and do, at least. But I'm not in an apartment anymore, so. All right, so I haven't, oh, just the first one. So far, nobody's been an asshole. Okay. Well, this one has been voted that it may contain an asshole. Let's see if we agree. Okay. Okay. It says, am I the asshole for not learning sign language for my stepdaughter? I, 30s female, have been married to Buford, 40s male, for about a year. I brought Jay, 8 years old, male, and Juniper, 5 years old, female, from a past marriage. And until very recently, we thought Buford had no children. We had no intentions of having more kids. As it happens, though, it turns out that Buford actually has a daughter. She's 15 years old. Her mom did not tell Buford about her pregnancy and was ultimately moves and ultimately moved states, so we had no idea until she reached out on Facebook. We were a little dubious, but she turned out to be right. Um, 
the daughter and mom moved back to our state and in the meantime and and live about 40 minutes from us she wants visitation with buford which he has agreed to there is no formal custody arrangement between buford and his mom so it's basically just sporadic weekends and school holidays usually this is just between the two of them but sometimes she will come to the house and he's even slept over a few times here's my dilemma the daughter is hearing impaired. I'm not enter- 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 entirely sure to what degree, but I do know she's almost exclusively using ASL. No one in our family knows ASL, but Buford has been trying to learn for her. The last time she was here, he pitched me to the idea of learning ASL as a family. The truth is, I don't really know if it's worth the effort. She is present in our home maybe once a month. I would consider if she was going to be She's here. She's an asshole. Not. Yeah. If she were going to be here for more often, but I work 40 hours a week and I just don't have the time for something like oh, this. Oh, boy. I know three languages, uh, one of which in my adulthood was very difficult for me even 15 years ago. I just can't fit something like that into my life, but I told Buford that Jay and Juniper can still learn if they're interested. The kids don't want to since I'm not, and now Buford thinks I'm being ridiculous since I have no other way of communicating with his daughter. I told him we can work something out, but he didn't want to hear it honestly. She also thinks I should learn some basic signs, but between working kids, that would be a struggle. Am I an asshole for not wanting to learn sign language? Yes. What a beautiful opportunity for the whole family to do something fun together. Of course. ASL will never be wasted. No. And this is a family member. He's living with her two children from her previous... Not to mention, he didn't even know about her, and he's embracing her with open arms and learning ASL for his daughter. Like, and it's to not help like him. he found out he had a baby. He's right. figuring out he's a teenage daughter, and he's learning this for her. He's in it. That's a red flag for me. Yeah. If I had a child, and it had, they had to learn... A, they were hearing impaired, or they were mute, whatever it was, and they needed to know ASL... Obviously, I would, but if I had a partner or a family member that refused to learn it because it's not worth their time or it's hard for them to learn the language, I need to reevaluate that relationship with that person. Like, that's my child, and I'm inviting you in my life. Don't, doesn't she have any desire to communicate with her husband's daughter? Clearly not. And does she not see that her two kids are going to be siblings to this young woman. And they don't even want to learn now because mom's not. How do you not want to communicate with your stepdaughter? She doesn't, she doesn't How about what do you want for dinner? What kind of food do you like? Are you hungry? Yeah, are you like tired? Stuff. What's your favorite color? She does not she's not even open to What hobbies do you want to? Like I mean, do you have a boyfriend? Day? Yeah, stuff like that I feel like is so I don't have time for that. That should be a priority for that family right now. Celebrating this, this family member that was fact, unknown until now. I feel like the fact that she says, I don't know if it's worth it, and fixating on the fact that she's not there often, it's kind of like, well, maybe it's a temporary thing. Like, maybe mom will go away again. Oh my like, gosh, they can work on one sign a night at during dinner as a family. Yeah. Or at night before bedtime. I mean, make it a family... All right, whatever... She's an asshole. I'm I done. I think so, too. But it's also, like, if you already know three languages, like, I understand, like, every language is going to have different 
learning curves. But like once you are able to learn more, it's going. You're gonna under. I know. I know ASL is a lot different. It's you know. There's people who can say like I learned like this language and this language. So when I learned this language, it came to me easily because it's these two combined or has little pieces of these. So it's just kind of like I understand ASL is different, but she's not being a role model for her own children. And she's not being a supportive stepmother. And I know that, like, when she came into this marriage and this relationship with Buford, they they didn't know he had a daughter. But you know what? Her, their vows probably, like, through... She knows them, now. She knows now. And this is the situation. <laughs> Just because you didn't want to have any more kids doesn't mean that... This is what happened. This is life. He's he's approach. He is accepting it with open arms. He's learning ASL for with his daughter. He wants to connect with his daughter. The kid is innocent. For somebody who knows three languages, she should know the value of communication. But that's she's almost using it as a tool not to connect with this girl, keep her isolated, and capital H, capital A, H. Yeah. I agree. She gets the award. Absolutely. Sorry, lady. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Alright. It's um, very disappointing. Yeah. It's really disappointing. I mean, you know, every like every, I know that there's like a lot of like when it comes to disabilities, I feel like it's so important for a family member to be there for you. You know, even if it's ADHD or if it's hearing impairment or if it's depression, like when you don't have a member in your family, like a parent figure that is not being supportive, helping you with your coping mechanisms, how to communicate, like it's going to hurt that relationship. And the fact that now her her step siblings aren't even going to learn because her stepmom won't. That's I'm getting very bad feelings from this woman like that's sorry my friend's daughter has is a single parent with three kids and the eldest is um deaf Mm. and she's still taking talk about time she doesn't have much time Mm -hmm. she works full times with three little kids and she still finds time to take classes regularly to to grow in asl so she can communicate with her son it, you make the time. Yeah. You the make people the you time. care about. It's the fact that it's not that she doesn't have the time, it's the fact that she doesn't want to make the time. I can't tell you how many signs, not just me, in preschool, those kids learned. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. being able to say one sentence or what the sign is for bathroom or help or hungry mm-hmm. could change a whole. Just learn the basics for yeah, now, and I then mean, you can start to... But the fact she's not open to any of it because she thinks it's a waste of time. It's heartbreaking. And if I were Buford, I'd start running. I'd start running. It's really sad. It really is. Alright, let's see what we got. Is she going to listen to this podcast? Who? Oh, the, the asshole! Uh, no, I don't even think they know. That'd be kind of funny, though. Are we allowed to say that word out here? Yeah. We said it how many times already? A lot. I gotta go to confession. <laughs> Some of these people know to confession. All right. Okay, so let's see how we feel about this one. <laughs> 
Am I the asshole for snapping at my wife and calling her selfish? I never loved my daughter. No, not, not really. I always hated the idea of children. So me and my wife, but mostly me, were super careful. One way or another, though, she got pregnant. I know what happened sometimes, but my wife didn't want to get rid of the baby. We talked about it for a bit, but eventually we agreed to keep the baby because I didn't want her to make her feel like she had to do something she didn't want to do, especially with her child. So boom, baby. Except after she had the baby, it didn't seem like she was taking care of her as much as she should have. Uh-oh. Sometimes I would come home from work and the baby would be alone with my wife, nowhere to be seen. I didn't want the baby to live a life of neglect and have us never give her a chance at a good, good childhood. So I tried to take care of the baby when I could. Admittedly, I was very bad at it. I didn't know how to take care of a baby, which is something I should have begun researching when it was confirmed we were having a baby. I was also never really mentally prepared to take care of a baby, and I never wanted one, and truth be told, I really despised children and taking care of them. But regardless, I still tried taking care of her when my wife wasn't around, which is a lot of time. Fast forward 15 years. My daughter is 15 years old now. I have taken care of this child, put her into school, spent money that I worked on for this kid that I never wanted for 15 years now. And my wife still seems to be absent for the child. One evening, we were eating dinner, and my wife was talking about how good of a baby she raised. I snapped at her, and I told her that she had never raised the baby, and that she was selfish for pushing her choice on me. Everything got quiet, and after that, we all sort of just all left. I know that she was never present for our daughter, and I guess everything from the past years just boiled over. But mostly I feel bad about saying it in front of my daughter. I don't want her to feel like she's responsible or blame herself for me and my wife's relationship. I want her to have a good life and I want our, I don't want our conflict to ruin her life. That's a really, really sad situation. There's a lot of resentment there on his part. Yeah, I think both parents are pretty shitty. I think the fact that he is online saying that he doesn't love his daughter. Uh, he never wanted a child. Is really shitty. And I think the fact that mom was very absent, according to his side of the story. We don't know mom's side of the story. But I think this poor girl is 15, and her dad just had an outburst saying that mom didn't give a shit. When it came to raising you, pretty much, at the dinner table. I think... It's hard for me to believe he doesn't love her. I think he doesn't love being a dad. And there's a difference. Yeah. Sounds like he's trying within his measure, but he has a lot of resentment. And yeah. hasn't embraced being a dad. And yeah. he's instead of embracing... Fatherhood. This yeah. what this piece that wasn't part of the plan, and what he, his resentment is built up. Um, I just hope yeah. he doesn't take it out on the kid. I don't either. But and, in a way, he started to by saying that at the dinner tables, and that's what he feels was, bad about. Yeah, but I think that well, he wasn't. He was not. He didn't even. His daughter is not even. 
He's not thinking about, he's saying, am I the asshole for stopping at my wife and calling her selfish? So he's more concerned about being an asshole to his wife than his own daughter. He literally, to his daughter at the dinner table, basically said he never wanted her. That she was a burden and that choice of having her was just forced onto him. That would break my heart if I heard one of my parents say that. You and dad obviously would never... I think, like, after that first sentence, I never loved my daughter, to post that on the internet for people to see, even though he's anonymous. Like, you literally type those words, those five words, I never loved my daughter, wrote this whole thing, proofread it, still read, I never loved my daughter, and said, yep, that's good to post. I'm sorry. Like, I understand you might not have wanted a child, but to say that you never never loved your daughter. I think he doesn't love being a parent. It's hard for me to believe he doesn't love her, but I don't know. But, but the that's, fact those that are his words. True, his words, you know? Yeah. That's heartbreaking. And I yeah, feel that, bad for that girl. I feel bad for the girl. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I think they definitely, mom and dad, need Yeah, I don't like that one. Can we do a different one? Yeah, we can do a different one. Pick one. Um, we read that one. Okay. Am I the asshole having my husband sleep on the couch knowing he's going to wake up very sore? I have been sick for over a week. He hasn't done anything to help me when I'm sick. I told him I'm extremely disappointed. I've mentioned it three times since I've gotten sick. Tonight it blew up. He said I'm not sick enough to not be to be having to be taken care of. He said, I have horrible COVID, not cancer. I have been sleeping on the couch. I'm much shorter and smaller. The couch isn't uncomfortable for me, and I've been sleeping there so he didn't get sick. My feelings are, if I'm not sick enough for you to worry to help me at all, I'm not sick enough for you to worry about getting sick from me sleeping in our bed. I am now lying in our bed. But of course, I am sick enough to not sleep next him. I'm not, I'm sick enough for it to not have him sleep next to Yeah, they messed up there. So he's on the couch. Am I the asshole to know he's going to wake up sore? Oh, honey. Fuck him. She's not the asshole for taking the bed when she's sick and he won't help him, but she feels bad that he's going to be sore on the couch because he doesn't want to sleep in the bed with her. She's not sick enough to be taken care of, but she's sick enough where he doesn't want to get sick. I understand it's COVID, but they're in the same house. He'll get over it. I don't know. That was that was a kind of a weak one, if I'm over, if I'm honest. It seems like they might be a newlywed couple, and this is the first time he's sleeping on the couch, and she feels bad because she wants to make sure he's okay. Yep. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's do this one. Am I the asshole? Twenty-two female. For not quitting boxing practice despite my boyfriend's 26 male concern. I have a very extensive history of martial arts. Growing up, I was forced to attend Taekwondo, Judo, Karate, Muay Thai, etc. I don't know if I said that right, but... My father forced me when I was little to get into martial arts, so I learned a bit about self-defense. Needless to say, it became one of my hobbies even as an adult. I don't compete in tournaments, but I do enjoy learning new techniques. 
I go to a local boxing gym, and since it is male-dominated sport, I'm usually paired with men, which is fine because I'm used to it. Well, my boyfriend has expressed concern when I first told him that I have to go to boxing practice, but he didn't say much. Over time, he has been more concerned before I'd leave for practice. He'd try to convince me not to go. He'd whine and complain if I go and won't talk to me when I come back from home from practice, upset that I'd pick boxing over him. Girl, leave him. I invited him to come with me to watch so he can be reassured that it's completely safe. He seemed visibly upset. When we got home, he started to complain how guys were way too close to me, red flag, I'm being taken advantage of, or why some of the men were shirtless and how some would change in front of everyone. Pants or shirts, she's clarifying. Personally, he would wouldn't go shirtless around during practice and that they're just being show-offs. So just because he wouldn't doesn't mean they should. Of course, I defended my gym, saying it wasn't a big deal to me since I'm used to it. We got in a bit of an argument about it. Recently, when I was sparring someone, he had an accident and grazed my cheek. It was an accident. My boyfriend freaked out when I came home. The first thing he said is, you're quitting. I got super defensive and told him I'm not giving up my hobby no matter what. I've been continuing to go to practice despite everything. He's been getting mad, saying how inconsiderate I am, and I don't know how to compromise. This is a concern for my safety, but I've continued to ignore him. Am I the asshole for that? So, and she said, edit. So I realized something. So it's only recently that I've become official with him. Prior to us dating, we were just seeing each other until he asked me out considering my current situation, personal stuff. But I decided it was best to be in a relationship. It wasn't until we started dating that he became more bossy about me. Before he would complain, but now he's getting bolder and more demanding. From the comments, I don't think that's normal or should be normalized. Absolutely not. It should not be normalized. Just because he's sexualizing her in this situation, like her cheek getting grazed or she's in an environment where guys to be shirtless, like you're sexualizing an environment where they're doing martial arts. It's not a sexual environment. It's a workout. It's for self-defense. It's for fitness. It's a hobby. So for a boyfriend to be like, you're not doing that anymore or gets defensive and jealous over that, that's a him thing. And for her to say, no, I'm going to continue, I think she should continue doing that. Why Why shouldn't she? I feel like you disagree with me. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe she should take up fencing. Fencing? No, that's not her hobby. No, why should she have to... This is I'm a hobby just, she's from my perspective, she's a child. All right, I understand that. Or find a gym where she could box against girls. I wasn't I think thinking of the is, whole sexual stuff till it came up, it and I understand like, that I that's... See, it seems like that's what he's going for, though. But, I don't think it's about her safety at all. She's been doing well, this since she was a child. When, the, when you started reading it in the beginning, it was about her safety. Like, But I'm, I don't think it's genuinely about her safety. I think that's just a cover-up, because he's not going to say, I'm jealous. He's going to It's probably it. a combination because it's like, oh, good night. I'll see you later. Have fun. You're going to go get punched by a guy now. Like, for a boyfriend to send 
say goodbye to his women when that's where she's on her way to get in the ring with a guy. And I think that was a good idea on her part to invite him down so he could see the safety of it. But then he had more to be upset about. I understand that. And it probably thinking about and picturing her in that environment. Look, I it, think it's a new relationship. I think she should just cut ties because in my opinion, that's a huge red flag. She's this is a hobby that she didn't just pick up and is trying to figure out if she likes it or not and is asking for feedback. This is something she did at a very young age that her father put her into. Like this is something she's been doing for a very long time. Right, but they're all right, like I understand like even with hockey, I understand there were girls on the team. I played on a boys baseball team in Little League. I get it. But when you get to a certain age, like in high school, Joseph had girls in the locker room. Those boys are going down to their underwear. I know it's not sexual. It's just, it normalizes seeing half-naked guys in there. Guys behave differently. I just, I wouldn't want that for my daughter. I just, and and just, and anyway, I think some of the guys maybe were uncomfortable. I don't know. I think. I like when a man treats a woman like a lady. I don't want them... Okay, well, when you're boxing, like, they're in that environment where that is what it is. It's not like he's going to curtsy in front of her before they do... Like, I don't think this is a protective boyfriend thing. I think this is a possessive boyfriend thing who is jealous, and I don't think it's okay. I just don't think it's... I don't like the idea... I can't picture a guy getting in a ring with a girl and punching her. But it's, she's saying that, hold on, let me pull it up again. I mean, most guys I know would hold back. So, it's, she said, I go to a local boxing gym, and since it's a male-dominated sport, I'm usually paired with men, which is fine, because I'm used to it. So, it's not saying it's exclusively men, but there's going to be more men there. Like, sometimes it's, I, I don't see the problem with it being... It's not Co-ed. tennis or golf. I do. It's not... If it was tennis or golf, it's not a contact sport. But they're actually punching. For a man to get in a ring and punch a woman, it's... I don't know. I have to think about this. I, I don't think it's... I a, love boxing. Don't get me wrong. I... I don't see the... I, I have a punching bag. I don't think of her in a situation as being an asshole at all. I don't think she needs to change what she does. If she likes her gym, if she likes who she gets matched with, if she likes that hobby, she shouldn't have to change for her boyfriend or to quit. Okay. That's very... I think it's very controlling, and it is not a concern about her safety at all, considering she's been doing this her whole life, basically. Her boyfriend's trying to control her, and he's extremely jealous. Yeah, I don't like the control stuff either, so... And maybe there's a little bit of passive-aggressive that he started putting more demands on her once yeah. they became official. Yeah. So, Cause, I don't know, I think we're missing some stuff there. I mean, she gave us the highlights, but... Yeah, but I feel like when it comes to this, you're only going to get the perspective from the her, one From person. the one person. Yeah. So it's, you know... I could, you know, try and fill in the blank and kind of see his point to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so maybe we can have this one as the last one because we're at 47 minutes. All right, am I the asshole for not wanting my disabled sister at my wedding? The title of this sounds awful, but please read this all the way to the end. Do not speed read this. 
me or my 22 female sister Anna. Oh wait, my she's 22 and her sister Anna is 21 is special needs. She has severe autism and when while she is verbal, most of her communication is physical like sign language due to her social discomfort. She does speak around family though and she has ba- pretty bad cognitive skills. She cannot comprehend boundaries and lives with her parents so they can best watch her. I'm getting married in three months. We planned a simple wedding and a reception at my fiancé Michael's parents' barn and farm. Since it is all going to be do-it-yourself and we aren't planning on doing anything too expensive, we can do things pretty quickly since flowers, food, and decor will be provided by the family. I sent out invites last week and I asked that Anna not to come. I told my parents I understood that would mean that they may not show up, but it was just a heads up. Why no Anna? She has an issue with touching Michael and trying to kiss him. At times, when we were at my parents' house, Hannah would try and grab Michael's hands, try and lean in to kiss him, or would have a really bad shutdowns if she wasn't allowed to be directly next to him. We have tried speaking to her, but there is only so much we can do when she doesn't really understand. I told my parents I just want one day for Michael to be my partner and not Anna's comfort person. They called me selfish and asked how I expected them to agree to something like this. They told me Anna is disabled and may never experience a wedding of her own, and while I have Michael probably for the rest of our lives, she'll have no one, and that Michael and I can be a little bit more understanding to the reality of her life. I feel like a total ass, and... And what they are saying has really gotten to me, and I'm starting to question my decision. Please read, this is not an excuse to talk badly about disabled people, nor is this an opportunity to air out your hatred for them. My sister is not a scapegoat for hate disabled people. She is human with feelings. She is not a statistic. She is not evil. Please stop treating my sister if she's a malicious monster. This debacle is between me and my parents. Leave her out of it, please. I'm begging you. I don't want to hear why you think my sister sucks. Well, I'll just say one thing for Michael's defense. It's his wedding with his wife. The fact that Anna tries to kiss him and is always trying to touch him. And it's not consensual. I know she doesn't understand consent. But Michael has every right to feel like he doesn't want to experience unwanted touch from someone at his own wedding. So I can understand that. But... I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think anybody's an asshole in this scenario. It's, uh, yeah. That's the first thing. Yeah. So, she's... You know, I I really... I respect whatever decision she comes up with. This is this is a really, really hard one. Yeah. I don't get the sense... I, I get the sense that Michael really loves... It's This is a... She sounds like she's marrying a great guy because... Yeah. Anna's the sister. Yeah. So Anna obviously is very comfortable with him as well, mm-hmm. um, which tells me she also loves her sister. She's very connected to of both course. of them. So but I think she has every right to feel like she wants her wedding day to not be centered around her sister not but knowing she's, her boundaries. I understand both sides. So she... Yeah could ask for that one day i understand but at the same time she's such a big part of yeah their life yeah. that 
I just hope for the bride that she doesn't regret. And it sounds like she's already being yeah. remorseful, like, to not have her there. Yeah. The pictures, the memory. Mm-hmm. It, it's a hard decision. I don't envy it. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody's an asshole in that situation. Yeah. They, she gave us an update, too. She okay. said, my parents called me to let me know that they won't be coming, and it's best that I don't bring Michael around anymore since I have chosen my man over my sister. No, she didn't. They told me that Anna wanting to kiss Michael and hug him is normal for women her age and that she doesn't understand what her feelings mean. I suggest they try to redirect her during the wedding, but they said that Michael's going to be going to be family to her and he needs to get over it. I suggested they watch the wedding via web and they said that that's not fair and that they deserve to see things in person. I asked if I could pay for someone with proper credentials to watch her that day while they they attention they attention and they asked why they attention whatever I don't know what they're trying to say and they asked what I would do when they died and if I would pawn her off every time I dropped the unfortunate truth bomb that I don't want to put any more of my life aside for Anna anymore I did it up till I turned 18 and Anna is not my life's responsibility, and I won't be a keep her keeper. I assured them I would pay for her care, but if she's okay doing this to Michael, then I worry if she would, if she do, if I ever do choose to have children, what she do to them. They said I was sick for suggesting she do anything to my future children, and they hung up on me. They sent a lengthy text telling me not to contact them until I could do the right thing. So that's where we're at right now. I think it got a little bit messy there. Yeah. I think... I understand where she's saying it's not her... Like... You know, you see so many siblings of those who have a, a sibling who is disabled. And how life kind of goes around them. And, you know, even with Atypical, we watched the show. Like, the, the younger sister got visibly upset and frustrated and lashed out because everything was about her brother who had autism and she they missed track meets they she had big events she had a big date she had relationship problems and they she felt like that her parents weren't there for her so i can see how like and like a lot of people talk about this situation and i can understand that so for her to say i already lost so much in my life because of my sister i want to have my own life now I can see that frustration. Was it the right thing to say at that moment? No. But was it the right thing for the parents to say, you're just going to pawn her off when we're dead? Because that's not what the situation was at all. We were talking about a situation at a wedding. You want to all be there in person. What if we have a caretaker for Anna that day? I don't... Can you even hire someone for the day? Yeah, I mean, my thought is I would work on it weeks and months in advance or work on the relationship with michael and learning about etiquette it's get a, a big, great opportunity this is this is a problem in the family so we need some we need an intervention specifically target that behavior around michael i think it's a great and, opportunity for to learn that type of etiquette because even though they're saying it's perfectly normal for have these feelings for her age where it is normal for a 21 year old to have interest in men how she's going about it is not healthy. It's not safe for her. And it's not safe. So I think for her parents just to be like, it's, she's at, at that age. It's like, okay, for an, 
We're making For excuses. a 21-year-old who maybe is not on the spectrum, yeah, to flirt with men. But if it was someone who wasn't on the spectrum and flirting and trying to kiss, yeah, it's I think- a different... But I think when it's on, it gives this wedding is a good experience or a good opportunity to allow Anna to learn the etiquette to how we act at a wedding or how we act at an event or how we act with Anna's sister's now husband. Right. And even though the sister seems concerned for her future children, cross that bridge when you get there. Exactly. You can, you can start before the baby's there. What how, the baby is coming? Right. This is, and just you can get a freaking doll before. How do you hold the baby? How gentle you are with the baby. This is how. And then when the baby comes, allowing, watching her, but allowing her to have that experience to just take everything away and shun her is not healthy at all for anyone in that situation. I think it's heartbreaking for. Her to come to the conclusion that she can't have her sister at her wedding. Well, I heard a story similar to this, like just having worked with just people with intellectual disabilities. There was, um, I don't know, a family I heard where they took all the neurotypicals and left the disabled kid home and they went to Disney. Oh, I heard that too. It's like, I get it in one respect, but on the it just... When it's a family member, so it takes you an extra five or ten minutes if it, you have to have a wheelchair or you need another adult, you need to hire somebody, you, you just do it, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I have... It's hard. But I feel like in this situation, I can understand the frustration with the with the sister that's getting married, but I also feel like the parents are just kind of like making excuses for Anna being like, well, this is normal for someone her age, or like, how dare you? Like, you know, your sister's on the spectrum type of thing. It's like, no one's making an opportunity for her to learn and for her to adapt and to right. To I mean, be a twenty-one-year-old who can be exposed to this for her for them just to say, how dare you? She's never probably gonna have a wedding of her own. Who's to say that? How are you gonna say that about your own daughter, but then get mad at your other daughter for saying? I don't like... I'm not comfortable how she treats my husband, or her future husband, rather. Right. No, like, I, I know. feel like everyone has a little bit at fault here. A little bit of shittiness around the table. Yep. Including Anna. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anna, like, I understand... It's not... To- I don't mean... I, uh, there's... If she has some language... I mean, she can learn. Yeah. And she does ASL or whatever... So she could, you know, I don't know. I it's don't. not even like she doesn't love her sister. It's just the oh, fact no. that it tells me situation. there's a comfort, and she probably loves her sister and her new brother-in-law very much. Yeah. Um, she just needs to be taught a more yeah. appropriate behaviors. I feel. And like at the end of the day, you could talk about feelings and family and all that stuff, but. It's really just not safe for this girl no. to behaving that way around of men. Of course. And it's like you never... And if she thinks that's how you behave because it's not being corrected, you don't know what situation she can get into. If I have to rank who's shitty on the board, I would put the parents at the top, and then I'd probably put... Just the parents at the top. I think everyone has a little bit of shittiness, but I think that the parents 
for them to respond the way they did. It wasn't, instead of making it a proactive conversation of how they could have. We have options. Yeah, it was, I feel like the daughter who's getting married didn't bring options to the table. She just brought, I don't want her there. The parents immediately put their guard up and got defensive, saying that that's a dairy type of thing. There was no option or opportunity for discussion, for opportunities for growth for Anna, for situations that could be beneficial for everybody, a win-win-win. Yep. Instead, it's a lose-lose-lose. Anna can't see her sister get married. Her sister's... or The girl that's getting married is not going to have her sister or her parents at the wedding. It's... Sad. It's sad that, like, communication can really, you know, make so much seem like it's falling apart. And I feel like... I don't know. I feel bad in this situation. I do, too. I wonder... Maybe... I don't know. I think it's nice that she came back being like, well, what if I out of my own pocket hire someone that can be there for Anna I mean we had a kid in preschool who was fully on the spectrum and the family asked and just for listeners my mom worked with children who were on the spectrum and just typical like or just general neurodivergent kindergartners uh preschoolers yeah no on up to yeah, I would say elementary school, but mostly the little ones were. Yeah. But this little guy was uh, going to be a ring bearer. Mm-hmm. And um, the family asked the interventionist to work with him. And she did for months. Yeah. You know, practicing carrying the pillow and months before the wedding. And he did it. Yeah. Um, they put maybe an hour or two a day into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh it's kind of cool. I mean, something like that could have been done. Yeah. With this young woman, I don't know, but it just—I feel like I don't. I don't want to. Just comes off as more as sound. Anna being a burden instead of, okay, here's another opportunity for Anna to learn or Anna to get used to a certain situation. But when you're in a family, that's what family does. You know, we make room for. Yeah. We all work to do the best we can to support each other. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I wish I knew more information, but, too. Um, but I think it's, that, it's a sad I situation. Yeah. I don't think she's an asshole for saying that. I think it just could have been communicated better and resolved better. Yeah. I like when you see the families where, and I know it's hard for siblings and other family members, but sometimes... The disabled person becomes like the the heartbeat or the light in that Mm -hmm. family that they all Mm -hmm. rally around and everybody comes and supports each other. And it's really beautiful when that happens, but it's hard. It's taxing on a family for sure. Yeah. I actually like funny enough, there was another girl, she was getting married and her sister was also, I think, I don't know if it was autism, but she was neurodivergent. I guess, like, saying disabled is defensive now. So, I, the neurodivergent, okay. or of some kind, I don't know what it was. I'm not going to assume. Right. But her husband, as you, when her at her wedding, obviously, like, 
open arms with her sister who has a disability and just like and she wanted her sister to be part of the wedding like she was part of the wedding party she you know she was very close with her and was in every part of her life so she like I think they incorporated a lot into the ceremony and like he danced with her he like sweet I think he actually <coughs> walked with her down the aisle or, like that type of thing like she like it wasn't that she thought she was marrying him. It was just like, I get... A new, she was a special part of it. Yeah. I get to have a new special person in my life. That's awesome. So it's like, it's beautiful to see that side of things. And I wish that could be the situation <coughs> for Anna and her sister and her future husband. Yeah. And I hope it gets to that point. Because it doesn't seem like her fiancé... Like, it seems like he might be a little bit uncomfortable because it's not wanted attention but it doesn't seem like he's like your sister is yeah i didn't get that i didn't either i think it's just (coughs) she want i i think it's just she's trying to cover her bases in a way not bases but you know what i mean like she wants she wants her fairy tale wedding yeah but i mean we can't just shoo people away i feel like yeah that's a tricky one yeah well sad well, I agree. Hopefully, it works out for that family. I do too. There's always opportunity to regroup and regrow. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yeah, this was an interesting conversation. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I figured it'd be nice. I saw a few people. I see a few people who do this, but I thought it'd be interesting to also do it because I feel like you could have some input on. If someone's an asshole or not. What? Just... Yeah, I mean... It was interesting. Yeah. Would you ever write um, something asking if you were the asshole in the situation? Never. Because you're not an asshole. No, I'm not. <laughs> <coughs> one time, I didn't write on one of these threads. It was, there's another uh, subreddit called Relationships. It's not just about romantic relations. It's obviously about, like, broad, like, it could be siblings, parents, whatever. And I wrote into one time. And everyone was on my side. Nice. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> but <coughs> sometimes it's nice to get people's feedback. But I feel like a lot of people on this subreddit that I am an asshole, it's, like, very much, like, a lot of people know they're not the asshole, but they want, like... To look, vent. I, some I think it's venting, but I feel like sometimes like people want to share this experience, like this situation that they're in, and they're they know they're not an asshole for what they did, but they want to come across being like, "Oh, am I the asshole for doing this?" And then people are like, "No, you're freaking awesome for doing that." So right. it's a way to just help their ego a little bit. In my last episode, I said there's nothing wrong with feeding your ego because sometimes you need it. And there's nothing wrong with having a sprinkle. Of an ego, like it, I think it's yeah. Healthy. We all need reinforcement, so I don't have a problem with it. But I think it's good to to question our decisions and behaviors, and mm-hmm. look in the mirror and say, "Hey, how can I have done this better?" You know, if someone I care about is hurt by one of my decisions or actions, and I care about that person, it's important for me to reevaluate. Yeah. That decision. So yeah. I think it's good to look in the mirror and not just get defensive and say, hey, may- maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Maybe I should apologize or change my decision or. Yeah. You know, it's important for us to do that. 
But I guess out of everything we heard tonight, there's only one clear asshole. Yeah. Yep. That stepmom. Oh, boy. Evil stepmom. Yeah, the... doesn't look good for that marriage. <coughs> Not a little bit. Well, thanks for t- uh, coming on. I know you don't feel great. Yeah, sorry, my cough is kicking in. Yeah. Take your cough medicine. I did. Oh. Well, did you take it? I took it after dinner. Oh. So, wait. I don't know, I gotta take my vitamins. I don't want to go check out the moon. You with the moon. I haven't seen it The yet. moon's gone. Where's the moon? Can't find Screaming it. outside. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Well, thanks. Bye, everyone. Tune in next week. I don't know who I'm going to have on if we're going to be myself, but you and I love you guys. Bye.